0: Welcome back to another episode of Rabbit Ears. It is Ashley, obviously, duh. I'm always here. And today I've got not only a new guest host, but I've also got probably one of the most daunting shows that I've ever talked about on this show. I said show twice, whatever. Who cares? All right, so I've got Julio, <laughs> my buddy here from the Contrarians pod. I said that weird, Contrarians podcast.
1: Uh, No pressure. I'm here just to, yeah, just to shoulder that that burden and and just help you uh, get no through it. No pressure. I really I I know very little about how you feel <laughs> about the show, so that's that makes it extra exciting.
0: I like doing that because I. Well, there's some shows that I'm very vocal about liking and people know that going into it, but I really prefer for this, like, I think it's probably from the Lost situation from, like, one of the first episodes where, like, I know that the people mm. that I have on as guest hosts are super fans, but, like, my opinion, I like well, to yeah. kind of keep shrouded and then, like, spring it on people. I find it's more fun. But I do like the show, so you're not going to find any... There's very few things that I... I mean, I do have things that I don't like about the show, but I understand that there's things that have to happen in order to move the plot to a certain place, so I accept them even though I don't like them. And then there's just flat-out fuck-ups that I'll point out, so...
1: Because I came it's into fine. it through the books, and so I had... For the first, you know, five seasons, I want to say it was that perspective of, oh, well, mm-hmm. I kind of know what's gonna happen, and so I was enjoying the show in a very different way than a lot of people. And uh, but I had friends that had never read the book, so I was able to see the reactions and everything. And then, uh, then came a moment when we were all in the same boat and nobody knew what was gonna happen. And then it was it was just weird because you had some people that were instantly blaming whatever they didn't like on the fact that, oh, well. There's not. They don't have any books to base it on, so now they don't know what they're doing. And to me, it always felt like no. It you would have felt the same way if you had like books that were written there. It's just, uh, you know, w- when you had the books, it almost felt like you had a a safety blanket that you could always go to and be like, no, it's in the book, so it's okay that this happened on the show. And then the moment that there weren't any books, then everybody got a lot more critical. Uh...
0: Well, so I actually I think I watched. The first couple seasons before I read the books, and I think while I was waiting for season three, I started reading the books. So like then I had the whole Mm -hmm. comparison of like, oh, well, this is how it happened because the books nine times out of 10 are always going to be better than any kind of adaptation because there's so much more detail. You get so much more character development. There's so much more that you get from the book than you can possibly ever from a show or a movie. So, like, there's always, I like, I actually prefer not having the knowledge of the books before I go in to view something. So I actually enjoyed the last couple seasons not having that in the back <laughs> of my head of always, like, Well, oh, this is how it was supposed to be. Why don't we have freaking Catelyn Stark back as Lady Stoneheart yes. or whatever? Like, what the fuck? Like, there's, yeah. But before we get into all that, I th- we're I mean, we obviously are chomping at the bit to talk about the show. Let's get to know you a little bit, Julio. What are some of your favorite TV shows, like, from life? Just whatever.
1: So from life, I, I was <laughs> thinking about this because I I realized as I was thinking about this, that I really didn't, even though I watched a lot of TV when I was growing up, I didn't really follow TV shows that much. I was more of a movie person uh, mm-hmm. back then. Uh, the closest I can think of as far as shows that I would watch week in, when out, uh, week out uh, when I could were uh, The Wonder Years and uh, Star Trek Next Generation. And that's, I mean, I grew up in Peru, so... That has something to do with it because I didn't have Mm -hmm. as many shows available uh, and stuff back then, stuff would arrive years later. So, you know, when we're watching season one of Star Trek Next Generation, you guys were probably in season five here and uh, uh, sometimes you just wouldn't even get the last few seasons. I mean, I lived in Peru until uh, 2002 and... I never even finished the show until I moved here and everything was available. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> But, but you know, I would watch a lot of movies. Uh, they got the entire run of, of Wonder Years, though, so I remember watching that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you watch, like, sitcoms and shows that everybody my age would mention, like The A-Team, Knight Rider, that kind of stuff. But it's not something that I look on fondly. If You are ta- you know, if we're talking about something that shaped me, the Wonder Years, with the voiceover oh. and Fred Savage and just growing up, you know, we're the same age at the, uh, at the time, so that was... That was cool. And then Star Trek Next Gen. I wouldn't call myself a Trekkie, but back then, you know, to me, that was, like, amazing. Uh, well,
0: I mean, there's a certain, like, fantasy element that is involved with those kinds of shows where you can really, like, just escape and immerse yourself in that kind of fun frivolity. So, like, I get that.
1: Yeah, and it was, uh, I mean, it's it's been uh, fun listening to, uh, you know, we have a mutual friend, Caleb, <laughs> and he's been watching... Uh, Next Gen. And just hearing him kind of go through that, and it just reminded me of watching the show for the first time. And it's... uh, I think that once you get into it, the realization hits you that it's it's silly on the surface, but from time to time they'll deal with some just serious stuff uh, underneath all the, all the, you know, spaceships and the lasers and all that stuff. There's some existential drama going on with, you know, are androids, real people. Are we right to interfere in the way of life of a new planet? That kind of stuff is just, when I was a teenager, that would just blow my mind that there would be a show that could be just fun and have lasers and whatever, and also be about important stuff. So, uh, yeah, those two definitely, uh, as, as a kid. And then, uh, once I moved to the States and I was just, I had more access to serialized storytelling on TV. Uh, my my girlfriend at the time got me into Buffy. Uh, so that was, I think we were like in the transition. I think season six was ending and season seven was starting. So yeah. uh, I I didn't watch season seven as it aired, but pretty shortly after. And then because we're watching Buffy, we watch Angel uh, and, you know, Firefly so that whole yep. like Joss Whedon Golden Age, I was I was here for you know the last part of that, uh, and then I literally
0: I almost wore my Buffy shirt today. I had it like <laughs> I picked it out and I was like, oh, it's a little tight because quarantine. I'm not gonna wear that today. So I have my live stream four shirt on, live stream for the cure four, I should say. But like legit, I just found that Buffy shirt because I was going through like all my clothes in a trunk that I hadn't seen in forever, and I found it like oh.
1: Is it just like the Buffy Buffy. logo or is it Buffy herself? No,
0: it's, uh, it's like a Sunnydale high school shirt and it's got like the logo and it's got stakes through it. So it's just kind of like, (laughs) if you have to look closely to realize it's a Buffy shirt, but then like, you know, it's a Buffy shirt. If you know, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I would recommend, I mean, it's been a while since I watched the show, but for, you know, those two, three years that it was going on, uh, like I was watching it as it was happening. It was, it was pretty exciting, uh and i was i was a big fan i bought like the character guides and all that stuff i, I was i was all in um and then when just- i
0: watched buffy when i went, i just want to say when i watched buffy i was in high school and so like she was the coolest thing ever like <laughs> i wanted to be buffy so bad
1: yeah i, I was her. i was out of high school anyways that's not <laughs> But see, I think that that's that's pretty cool. Like, because if you're watching Buffy when you're in high school, then you're at least for the first three seasons, you're with her. You, you know, she's just you're a high schooler watching a show about a high schooler that kicks ass. And uh, when you're if you're past that, it's I mean, you still like it, but it's it's a different way of, of relating to it. I, I remember feeling like I right. had cheated myself out of enjoying it because it was when I was in high school, it was still kind of you know there. So. Uh, I just got to it late. I mean, there's so many shows I've gotten to late that I like now. I mean, uh, Arrested Development, which I know is one of your favorites, at least the first few seasons. Uh,
0: First two seasons, and then after that. But it's it's a testament to that show that it's so good the first two seasons that it almost washes out all of the bad of the last three seasons, because I still hold it near and dear to my heart.
1: Yeah. I haven't rewatched anything in forever. I it's the the last you know what eight episodes uh, they just bummed me out so much um uh, but but you know i i got to that one late i got to veronica mars late like all these are shows that i just you know they were over and then somebody suggested them to me and i got on um uh, as far as uh just adult favorites uh definitely six feet under at the leftovers i'm a big mm-hmm. like hbo person i guess that's was you look at my preferences uh no surprise that I love game of thrones too uh i just i just like what they were doing at the time uh, you know even when they first started doing the serialized storytelling i it, it just felt like it was so bold so just unlike anything else that you had seen absolutely so
0: absolutely i actually just um switched over from hbo go to hbo max and mm-hmm. so i've got there's a whole bunch of hbo shows that i'm catching up on like that i had never seen like silicon valley veep um the comeback I watched. um, I haven't. I started Entourage, and I couldn't get into it because, like, I learned some shit about Marky Mark that disturbed me. So, like, I couldn't really like erase that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, I can't do this. But like, there's a bunch of stuff that like HBO. You're right. Really like, fucking did something that no other networks were doing at the time. And I mean, they've got some great, great shows on their catalog.
1: Yeah, that's. uh, I was lucky enough that my my phone plan came with HBO Max. I mean, it had that HBO Now, I think, and then it upgraded to HBO Max when HBO Max debuted. And it's just, yeah, you log onto to their website and it's all this stuff and I've seen maybe a quarter of it and mm-hmm. it's it's not even, it's just because it's so well made, it's kind of intimidating so I have to gotta pace myself and know that i need to devote a chunk of time to really get through at least a season i can't just watch it on and off Uh, no
0: and you can't be on your phone while you're watching these shows either like (laughs) you have to actually be committed to watching and you know being in like invested in what's happening
1: yeah uh that's that's really i mean okay so from trying to remember what... I watched Treme, which is from the guy that did The Wire. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Treme I watched as he was airing on HBO. Uh, you know, I think that I finally got HBO for myself like when Game of Thrones premiered. And since then, anything else that was playing... Because, uh, you know, a lot of people would just get HBO and then as soon as the Game of Thrones season was over, cancel just it. cancel it, uh, yeah. But I just got hooked because there was so much else that was playing that I, I just kept it all year long. So, yeah, Treme, Veep... Uh, later on Silicon Valley, but basically anything that I was playing on HBO around that time, if I, if I could, I would just watch it in real time, and that was that was great. Um,
0: I mean, so with this HBO Max, this is, I don't believe in guilty pleasures, but if I did, because <laughs> I, I'm never ashamed of what I watch, but there is a series called Super Nanny that I am weirdly... Obs- not obsessed with, but like really into watching. So it's on HBO Max. So I've been watching, I've watched like five episodes since yesterday. And there's just something about like these kids and these parents that don't know how. To communicate with each other like the kids are upset the parents are upset and then Joe comes in and she communicates clearly and then everybody's like happy and they leave like parents who are being lazy and not doing what they're supposed to follow through with like you're supposed to give your kid this routine and then you're too tired to do it and guess what your kids gonna but basically so I'm going on a long rant here. The part that I like about it the most is that the parents usually are so worn down by the children's (laughs) tantrums, behavior, whatever, that when Joe is giving them feedback, they're understanding that they're doing something wrong and they're willing to accept it and grow from it and move on. Is that weird that people are actually... No,
1: at that point, they're... They're just so worn down. I'm not a parent.
0: I'm not either. So I really... I
1: will never be a parent. No, me neither. (laughs) But I kind of feel that if I found myself in that situation I would just I would grab onto whatever Help. they throw me to yeah. just stay alive so somebody comes in and they say they're an expert and they they say stuff that kind of makes sense I would exactly. try it and uh, that's I'm assuming it's a reality show
0: It is a reality show I don't know I guess I'm just so used to people in this day and age being so stubborn and proud and unwilling to admit that maybe they were doing something wrong that it's refreshing to see people accept responsibility for stuff and like grow and do better
1: yeah that that makes I sense also I, like, well, especially
0: i also like seeing kids that are acting like jerks get told they're being jerks and putting time out <laughs> i there's something satisfying about that
1: this is an american show
0: it's actually british it's from the uk
1: okay so, yeah so it's not American no. brats. It's British, it's British brats.
0: brats. And I i, I are feel they like a little if this more was, respectful. No, no. These kids are biting <laughs> and spitting. There was this one kid that got put in timeout in like this like rec room or whatever, like they separate him. He like peed in the room just to like because he was not happy. It, it's a lot. These kids are they're a little <laughs> badass kids. It's entertaining. Well, it's, that's why uh, I should never be a parent because I enjoy stuff like that for the wrong reasons, but it's OK.
1: I just don't have the patience. I definitely so, don't. I couldn't I,
0: imagine during this pandemic having children at home to have to take care of. Like, that's just too much. Props out there for everybody that's got kids during this pandemic and hasn't lo- lost their mind yet. Like, you guys are amazing.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's some lady. I try not to deal at all with the, uh, what do you call it, the, you know, the committee that handles the, the neighborhood that we live in HOA, yeah yeah I I try to stay away from it you know I'll just I'll pay my dues and that's it but uh, my wife likes to get on the Facebook uh on the Facebook group and just she always tells me like what the people are complaining about or whatever and there's this lady that's just non-stop for the last two months I think keeps nagging about when are they gonna open the pools uh, Again, and they're, they keep telling her, "Well, you know, we can't because of the of the pandemic, yeah. and you know, it's a liability, and we don't want to, uh, you know, we'd have to hire somebody to keep an eye on it, and that's just gonna raise the dues and everything." And but I, I understand that she must be just going insane because she's trapped with kids in the middle of the summer, and it's Texas. and It's like, can we get a break and just go to the no, pool? No, I get that. Like but...
0: you, oh, that's just. Man and I've heard some stuff I have a friend on Instagram that's in Texas and so I'm hearing like firsthand some of the stuff that's going on like in terms of handling the pandemic and I just like you this is a shit time for everybody and the sooner that everybody realizes that everybody's (laughs) having a shit time it's not just you like I think we'll be able to move forward a little bit easier.
1: But just wait, I mean, if we make it through this, oh. at least one, if not two TV shows will be about the oh, pandemic, man. not counting the movies. And then you might have even a reality show or two about, you know, surviving the pandemic sure. and what happened after and all that stuff. Oh. Uh, I, you are, I think you're more into reality TV than I am. But uh, speaking of British people, I, because of my wife, I've become a fan of uh, Gordon Ramsey. Oh, I love Gordon so Ramsay. I'll, Yes, mostly MasterChef, because I think that's the most toned down. She's He's still he's still harsh, but he's not just, you know, uh, dropping F-bombs all the time. Uh, and the people that are there feel like normal people. Uh, whenever we watch Hell's Kitchen, it's more like, that is a guilty pleasure. Because Hell's Kitchen seems like everybody that goes there is just being their worst selves. So you don't feel bad when just Gordon Ramsay loses yeah. it. At them and, but that's you know you were saying that it was nice to see people taking advice and being nice and that's uh that's usually what I think of when I think of reality TV. I think of people just doing their worst just to be on mm-hmm. camera. So I guess it's nice to know that there's some shows where they're just being nice like, people. Let's fix this yeah, together. Was it the Great the Great British yeah, yeah, Bake Off? Yeah. Is that what you're? Yes, that, I've heard that that's supposed to be super nice. It's just like chicken soup for the reality tv i think that we need that
0: like a little little palate cleanser in between all the horrific shit that everybody does to be on tv or to get attention like just get some attention for being nice just do that that's where i am well
1: you know it it doesn't sell i know
0: i know (laughs) i watch all the housewives so i know i get it i love all that trash (laughs) like all right so if you're ready I'm going to make a super awkward transition into looking back at the year 2011, which is when Game of Thrones premiered. And then we can talk about Game of Thrones. I love it. All right. So back then, only nine years ago, but other TV shows that premiered in 2011 were Bob's Burgers, Downton Abbey, uh, American Horror Story, Two Broke Girls, and the criminally underseen Happy Endings. It was only on... on for 3 seasons. It is kind of like a friends type show. It's on Hulu if anybody mm-hmm. wants to check it out. I recommend it. For the movies, you had Bridesmaids, Green Lantern, Warrior, Contagion, and Fast 5. Oh. Fast 5. I had to put Fast 5 on oh, there. Oh, well
1: now that you're a Fast and the Furious <laughs> expert, I'm sure you can appreciate the the relevance of that of that premiere Fast 5 on 2011. Yeah. Man, it's been so long. I know. It feels like it was more recent. Well, I
0: mean, I only saw it a month uh, ago, so yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah well no. i saw it in theaters fast five was the first uh fast and furious movie that i went out to watch because i watched uh, tokyo drift first uh because i got paid to do it okay and it was you know part of my job just to check that the movie was playing correctly and uh well i mean i've told you online on twitter i don't get what your problem is with uh, lucas black (laughs) but uh Tokyo Drift is is, it's, is fine. It's fine, and then Fast Five win. it's
0: fine.
1: Fast Five is really good. I I think that we we have an agreement. Han there. is the
0: best part of that movie. However, the problem is is that I didn't have any kind of like give a shit about Han before Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I became he became endeared to me after the movie. So then with other movies, then if I feel like if I went back to watch Tokyo Drift, I would get more out of it than I did the first time. But the first time I watched it, like first of all, that dude with that like Southern accent was distracting and offensive. <laughs> I'm from the South. I do not sound like that.
1: <laughs> I think that's I his just, voice. I couldn't though. get into
0: it. I didn't know any of the people. Oof. <laughs> he should work on that.
1: He said. Uh...
0: Anyways, it's fine. I, I was actually speaking of HBO shows. I just watched all of True Blood, all seven Ooh. seasons. Yeah. I, it turned into kind of a hate watch, and then I kind of liked it. So I'm like, weird weirdly positioned on the show but they all have like really exaggerated southern accents on that show so maybe after having watched that Tokyo Drift wouldn't bother me so much I
1: watched the first two seasons of True Blood maybe a little bit of, of season three and I would just because it's the same guy that did uh, Six Feet Under it's uh, Alan Ball at least he mm-hmm. was I don't know if he made it all the way to the end but uh,
0: he did it for the first five okay. seasons and then after that not so much
1: yeah but so i but, thought i was gonna love it I, I liked the first one okay and then it it really lost me in the second one and i just there's so much stuff to watch it's yeah. gonna keep going with it yeah
0: i see i'm on the pandemic schedule where <laughs> i've got nothing but time so i'll just sit here and watch seven seasons of a show i'm not really into whatever
1: that's the best yeah. schedule to have
0: <laughs> i mean it's, it doesn't suck All right, so back on track. I'm gonna get myself, veer myself back in control. The music that came out that year, um, Adele, I guess, broke onto the scene. Um, She had Rolling in the Deep and Someone Like You. uh, Fuck You by CeeLo Green, one of my favorite songs. My other favorite song from that year is Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. And then the song that nobody could get out of their fucking heads that year, in my opinion, was uh, Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People. Okay,
1: you remember that song?
0: Is literally, like, I'm not going to sing it because, like, it's a brain worm. Just having read it, like, it's already playing ad nauseam. I had a friend
1: who had a a cover band, and that was one of her big numbers. They would just do pumped-up kicks. That's how I heard the song the first time. I didn't even know what it was.
0: It's, that song got played, like, constantly that year. Never again. Uh, Other things that happened that year. Pop culture things charlie sheen had his mega meltdown <laughs> the royal wedding of prince william and kate middleton elizabeth taylor died and kim kardashian and chris Humphreys got married in a 10 million dollar $10 million wedding and then filed for divorce 72 days later
1: fun times. that's what
0: was happening in 2011
1: well one more thing of relevance happened in 2011 and that is that book five came out i I looked it up because I wanted to see what happened first. Because I read the book as soon as it came out, and I couldn't remember if I would watched the show and then read the book, uh, the last mm-hmm. one, or if I, or if it happened. But no, the show, uh, at least according to IMDb, the show came out in April, and I think the book comes it came out in July. So basically, I watched the first season, and then the book number five came out, and we were all so sure that if we kept to that schedule, by the time that you, you know, they were going to end at the mm-hmm. same time. And, of course, we're still waiting for book six. So yeah. <laughs> that didn't quite work out. I'm
0: actually – I'm happy that they finished the series before the books because we would have just – who knows? Who knows how long that could have taken?
1: Yeah, no. There, there was no way They couldn't no. wait. Uh, uh, even, you know, when it looked like it might not happen, that, that you know, the books were not going to come out, I – when people were floating the idea that maybe they should wait, you can't do it. You have – young actors there even bran you can tell the difference when he got the 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 growth spur
0: from season one to season two like every all the kids like grew up (laughs) quick so yeah yeah you couldn't have waited on that it wasn't it's not gonna happen
1: yeah i think that they they made the right call obviously because you know they'd still be waiting if they if they had decided well and then i looked it
0: up sees they had like the production budget on this show is Unbelievable! I think I saw on IMDb for the last season they spent a hundred million dollars for six episodes. A hundred million, I mean, like you have all who? those. That's crazy. <laughs> you have all those
1: actors and all those battles.
0: Yeah, there's a. Uh, I mean, it looked great. Don't get me wrong, but like a hundred million dollars, like you might as well say a gajillion dollars to me. Like it's just an absurd amount of money. <laughs> That's crazy. <sighs> all right, so just
1: beyond what you can comprehend. Fuck it,
0: it's I. I'm entertained. That's all that matters. The rest of it is not my, not my worry, not my concern. All right. So Game of Thrones aired from 2011 to 2019 on IMDb HBO. It is rated a 9.3 out of 10 on IMDb eight seasons, 73 episodes. It follows nine noble families fight for control over the lands of Westeros while an ancient enemy returns after being dormant for almost a thousand years. Starring, and I obviously limited the fucking actors that I'm going to list here. Starring Peter Dinklage, Lena he- Headey, Amelia Clark, Kit Harrington, Sophie Turner, Maisie Williams, and I'm going to fuck this up, Nicolaj, Coaster, Waldo? Sure. Jamie Lannister. Sounds good enough. <laughs> uh, there were, I mentioned this to you on pre-roll, there's 833 actors given credit for this series for 73 episodes. Like, there's a lot of motherfuckers in this show.
1: So seventy three episodes. I mean, that's I can't do the math, but I mean, you know, even if they're, I'm assuming they're not counting, uh, you know, small speaking parts, but you had that's
0: over a hundred people per episode, basically. Yeah. So, Julio, what do you love about Game of Thrones?
1: Ah, uh, what I love about Game of Thrones, I I think that the main thing is what I what hooked me, uh. When I first read the books, and that is the the political aspect, I think that's what made it stand out. It, and it's crazy because when I when I got into the books, I got it. I didn't read them in order. I just uh, at the time I had signed up for one of those. Uh, I don't even know if they exil, uh, still exist, but you know those. Uh, online book clubs where basically every month they send you the month's selection. And if you don't want it, you can send it back or you can, before they send it to you, you can get online and, and say, no, I don't want it. But sometimes you forget and they send you. Uh, so I forgot several times. So I had a pile of books and at the time I was living in Peru, so returning them would have been even more expensive because I had to oh, pay for yeah. postage. So I was like, all right, I'll just get to read them at the time. And, you know, back in the day, I had more time to read than I do now. So I just grabbed uh, Storm of Swords Uh, the the third book and I just read it with no context just to see what happened. I know. That's why I always laugh whenever people would say that they were watching the show and they had trouble following it (laughs) because... I would just tell them, you just need to be patient. You don't have to understand every single thing. You just need to know, okay, well, this guy's good. This guy's bad. Don't worry about all the other names, the, the, the logistics of, of how the house yes. the houses work or everything. Just the very basic objectives you can follow. Because that's what I did when I started reading right in the middle of the story. And like book three opens with uh, uh, Brienne uh, escorting JB after Caitlin has... Let him go uh, yeah, you know because he was prisoner, so he's and
0: they're going back to King's Landing yep. and he's promised the daughters, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, Got, it's the first wow, time, that is...
1: yeah, <laughs> it's the first time in that the is series. a fucking
0: rough place to get dropped in the middle of, right?
1: But but it was great because <laughs> it was the first time in the series that you had a uh uh Jamie's point of view as a character uh, on, on, in the book, so Jamie was kind of like my way into the show or, or into the into the series, and then so in book three, you get the red wedding, you get uh. The Mountain versus the Viper, all, all these things that are classic and they hit me just as hard even though I hadn't read anything. You know, I didn't know who Ned Stark was and people were talking about Ned Stark still in in, in the third book. Uh, but what really grabbed me, even though I didn't have the backdrop, the background was just the machinations of, of you know, because uh, Tyrion, he's no longer Hand of the King, but he is uh, the, the Master of Coin and he's still mm-hmm. like... Plotting and trying to figure out who's screwing him and who who he can screw, and uh, and then you know you still have Rob trying to to control his troops and trying to uh, make peace with Walter Frey. So there was a lot of it wasn't just the fantasy and the battles; it was just the the fact that these characters had to dabble in, pl- in politics a lot. And and thankfully, the, when yeah. when we watched the show, it translated. Uh, they paid so much attention to just what it was like to be a person in a position of power and having to just. Deal with all the all the bad things that come with that. Uh, it's not just fun once you're the king. Once you you win the battle and you become the king, yeah, you have you don't just yeah.
0: And then it's over. You don't just get to be the king and it's done. You've got that's when the actual trouble really starts.
1: Yep. Yeah. So you like, see it with Robert. Gets
0: hard once you get there.
1: You see it with every single person that rises to power in the show. They they just it ends up uh, badly for them. So uh, that was that was really the main thing, and that's what I love that the show was able to capture. Yeah. Uh, and then. Of course, just the way it looks, the way it's acted, it's just... Uh, going back to what we were saying uh, about HBO, it just felt so bold at the time, too. Uh, not just about the, the, the big surprises, right? I mean, now everybody, I think, automatically goes to the big shocking moments. Everything that happened on every uh, every ninth episode when you got the big... Either the big death or like, the big reveal. Uh,
0: or the big battles. Like mm-hmm. So, yeah, like... Everybody talks about Ned Stark dying, like your main character dies. They talk about the red wedding, but there's those those actually aren't even my favorite things about the show. Yeah, there's just so like the ca- level of character development that goes into this show is awesome. Like they only had seventy three episodes, ha- like literally there's like forty important characters. So you've got to do all this character development, seventy three episodes, forty characters, and it all ends up paying off. So you've got like. My one of my favorite things are that I get out of the show is when you've got these characters that ha- you have to when they this is weird hard to say. So in the last two seasons, you get all these characters meeting up again mm-hmm. that haven't seen each other in how however long. And so when they come back together, you remember like, "Okay, so like the Hound and Arya, the last time they saw each other, he left, she left <laughs> him to die." Yeah. Brienne, like so you're just having to remember The way that all of these characters are interwoven and like seeing it pay off, like you've got Gendry and Jon Snow meeting, and they're both bastards of you know great fathers that were friends. Like, it's just so many fun moments that pay off. It's I feel like I'm doing a poor job of explaining it.
1: No, but that's 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 it really. The scope is independent of the surprises and the big debts and whatever. Just the uh, the balls you have to have to create to take a chance of creating a world that's so massive and Mm -hmm. just being able to pay it off nine years later, eight years later. There's there's things, there's seeds that are put there from season one that just grow through eight years and actually mean something yeah. you know, in 2009.
0: Perfect example. Fucking <laughs> okay, This last, Um, I was just watching episode four, or season eight, we'll say. Jamie Lannister comes up to Winterfell. He's like, I'm here. Cersei's not coming, <laughs> whatever. So you've got freaking... Jamie Lannister up there doing his thing, and then all of a sudden, Bran Stark says something to me. He's like, "What did he say? Something?" He quoted Jamie from when he pushed him out the window. Um,
1: the things I do for uh, love, or the things we do for yes. love. Yes, yeah.
0: Literally, that's the first thing that Bran says to <laughs> Jamie, and he looks over. He's like, "Oh fuck!" So it's just like they haven't seen each other since like the first episode, really, and now it's the last season, and this is—it's just—it's good.
1: Yeah, it's good. And, and that's the thing. Like the the they did not have the the books anymore so you still had because uh and even george martin writing the books i mean he he would probably tell you he is not like he has everything figured out i mean any writer you can have a, bl- a plan at the beginning but then as you go things change and, and everything uh moves but uh even if you give them the, the show runners the people making the show you give them the the out that well they had five books to draw from and everything was planned they still had to pay it off in the last two seasons last three seasons so uh it's it's still taking a big chance you know they didn't know where they were gonna oh. land when they when they started they had a pretty good idea but um that's crazy to me that, that whenever you think of the scope of it did just in like i said just the confidence to say i'm g- we're gonna go and we're gonna like put money on this show and it's only gonna get more expensive as it goes yeah. yeah, it's that's amazing
0: for them to put a hundred million dollars into the last season with there being no book, no nothing. And they're just having to, like, create the rest of it themselves is pretty impressive. Yeah, Like, there's a lot of people who have a lot of problems with how the show ended. I think you and I talked. Neither of us are one of those people. Mm-mm, no, I don't have it. I don't have any big problems with how the show ended. Granted, I stopped watching it. I want to say season six, I saw as one the last season I saw up until the pandemic and I started watching the beginning of season seven. I just couldn't get in. No, it was, I don't remember. I stopped watching it. And then I started watching it again and I finished it like from the beginning to end. So during the pandemic, I just restarted game of Thrones and watched it all the way through the end. And I was really invested and really like attached to these characters. Cause I spent eight hours a day for weeks, just being in their world. And then I saw the end of it and I wasn't pissed. I'm fine with it.
1: It's you have the benefit. Uh, I think that you watched it after, and that really helps. This is one of those scenarios where I, I grew to resent the online community because it made it so hard to enjoy the last season. It was you couldn't escape the bitching, and I understand where yes. it was coming from, uh, because, uh, you, like we were talking about, you know, once the books were gone, everybody instantly lost confidence. It, you know, you were not given the showrunners. Uh, any credit for anything. So the moment that you didn't like something, you could easily say, oh, we'll see. They don't have the book, so so now they're messing up. And uh, and that just kind of grew as the last seasons went on. And uh, it, it was, I remember spending that entire season, not that I wanted to, but because I got dragged into these conversations, constantly defending why I was still enjoying the show. And, and there were things that, you know, people would bring up things like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't make sense that this character suddenly... Travels from Winterfell to King's Landing in like, you know, an episode when before it it took longer. And I was like, you that's really nitpicking. You know, it's like when you're when you're enjoying it the is. show, you don't care. And, and I could point many instances in the entire uh, run of the show where that happens, where people, you know, conveniently travel faster than they usually oh, do. Yeah. And we didn't care back then, you know. Why are we caring now? It, it, but I understand, you know. Sometimes when you just disconnect from the show, disconnect from the movie, you just start breaking it apart, and every single thing that you can find to criticize, as you do. So there was a lot of that going on, uh, and it was. I I remember. I mean, as much as I fought it, it just affected my enjoyment of watching it. You know, it was like I would yeah. enjoy it, but then at the same time, I was. I remember already thinking, man, I'm gonna have to defend this decision from the showrunners. I'm gonna have to like justify why I like this. Uh, so it was, it was bumpy. And then when I got to re-watch it again, uh, uh, I told you before we started recording, I, I was able to watch the show all the way through twice because I would watch it as it aired and then I would watch it with my family whenever I visited them in, in Peru. And uh, so I've seen the the last season twice. And uh, when you travel to Peru, it's just like disconnected because my family, they're not into social media or anything. So they yeah. every time that we watch... Uh, uh, season of game of thrones they would come at it completely fresh they had no idea they they could not believe they'd kill john snow they could not believe john snow was brought back i mean they everything was new to them uh they hadn't read like tweets about the showrunners wanting to make a, a star wars show they had nothing influencing them and being able to just enjoy the show with them just fresh-eyed was uh it was so much better so yeah. uh, in a way, I would say be lucky that you dodged that bullet that was like being in social media when season eight was airing because it was it was pretty tense. And uh, and I understand. I'm not saying that everybody has to like the last season, no. but I, I felt that it was kind of uh, scrutinized people too much. People wanted
0: to not like it. I feel like people went into it and unless it went however they imagined it was going to go in their heads... They were going to be upset with it.
1: Well, yeah, and, so. it, but that's the thing too. That's that that just comes with the with the territory. I think that uh, there was a group of people that were watching Game of Thrones for for shock value, which is fine. And you could even say that well, the show capitalized on that for a long time, right? It's like, oh, well, you kill Ned Stark, you kill Rob Stark, uh, you kill the Viper. You you have all these crazy reveals. But the more, the longer you go. Telling your story and the closer you get to the end, you can't do that anymore. It's like when you start your story, you have endless possibilities of what you can do. But when you're in like season six, season seven, you've established the character so much, you've told so much story that where you can go realistically, what was still making sense, is very limited. And so people would be mad that they figure out what was gonna happen. Well, of course it is, because all we've done is talk about this show and we've already exhausted all the things that could make sense. You know, it, I, I felt yeah. it happen with uh, with Breaking Bad too a little bit where uh, I remember when the last eight episodes of Breaking Bad were, were airing, I was trying actively not to discuss the show with anyone because I was like, I don't want to accidentally talk about the ending before it happens because we're going to do it. Right. You know, it's like we have thousands of people talking about it online. Eventually, we're going to like figure it out and then it's not going to be that great when it when it happens. So, yeah, I think that the, the theories online are you eventually were going to figure out who was going to end up being king if, if somebody was not going to be king because we were all talking about it. And then you resent the showrunners when, well, that happened. You know, it it made sense.
0: Yeah. It's almost like peeking at your presence.
1: Did you have a, a, an ending in mind when you were watching it?
0: I didn't have an ending in mind, but... I was already aware of key plot points. Like I knew John and Danny were going to get it on. I knew Danny was going to die. I knew she went nuts. Like there were certain things that I knew. I didn't know how it got there. Mm -hmm. So that part was fun to watch. And like I had lowered expectations because of all the bitching that was happening. So I really just kind of went in there and just let the story kind of... (laughs) <laughs> like get let myself get immersed in the story. That's what I'm trying to say. So like there's yes, there's problems that I have with the fact that it's all of a sudden it takes ten minutes to get from King's Landing to Winterfell. But in response to that, you've just had all of this tension that's been building and growing. Are you going to take a month and a half to have these soldiers get there for it to be realistic? Or are you going to have them show up at the door and like, let's get this shit going? Like, obviously, yeah. there's a certain amount of like suspension of disbelief that you have to allow for this kind of show anyway. So why are we saying dragons can be real, but they can't get to one place like quickly? Fuck it. Who cares?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it really became what you said that I, I think that some people had like a, had their mindset of how things needed to turn out, and then the moment that the show broke, that they would look and see, well, they didn't do what I wanted, and the show must suck. Therefore, like there are all these things that point at the show sucking. too. Uh, I mean, yeah, you had to keep the momentum. Yeah. It was the last the last uh, season. You just need to barrel through some things. It, it's just that's how the stories work. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's like. In a way, we've never seen anything like this before, so you can't blame people for not knowing how to take it. Even in eventually, you know, we're gonna get to things that I would change uh, later. But uh, I think that for the scope of the project and the the story they were telling, I, I think they la- they they suck the yeah. landing, even even with all the problems I may have with I it. I
0: totally agree. Who are some of your favorite characters on the show? I know that's like I've got a, a long list. I'm gonna narrow mine down, but like. Who do you love? <laughs>
1: uh who do I love? I so again because I came into the shows from the books, I came in already loving Tyrion, mm-hmm. loving uh Arya and loving Jon, uh which are you know fan favorites. Uh, I think that Tyrion and Arya translated really well right from the start because uh they're extroverted so the characters get to talk a lot and get to be mischievous and uh, Arya's like a badass. Tyrion is, is just you know, very intellectual. Uh with John, I think that the show had a harder time because a lot of the appeal of John in the books is uh the, you know his inner monologue. I mean you, you said yeah, you read yeah. the books, right? So yeah, So so that to me was really cool. It is really hard because you don't have the voiceover in the in the book, in the show. So uh I, I think King Harrington did great but it was a harder uh character to to really i guess hook the audience because it's just more of a traditional mm-hmm. hero uh when you're watching him in the first couple seasons i had friends who just didn't get it they, they were like what's so, so special about john snow and i would tell them just wait give it a couple seasons if we get to the part where the wildlings are trying to get mm-hmm. into the wall that's you're gonna be in love with him because that's just when he becomes a total badass and
0: uh i actually will counter that i would say that Jon Snow became endearing to me when him and Egret started like interacting. Like he started to kind of blossom, and you started seeing other sides of his mm-hmm. personality. And he became much more of a re- well-rounded character to me once he found somebody that he could show a different side of his personality with. I
1: like. Yes. That. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see that, definitely. I remember thinking at the time that what he needed, though, was uh, a big set piece, because that would show you at least that, well, he's just like a badass. But yeah, Igrid definitely uh, brings him out of his shell. I, I don't know if you, well, no, because you were not watching the show at the time, <laughs> because they did that, uh, they played those two episodes, the the last two episodes of that season, I think it's season four, mm-hmm. they played him in movie theaters. Uh,
0: oh, yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, and so we went and we saw it. It was like on IMAX, on the on the IMAX screen here in Austin. And it was just awesome. It was uh, uh, the whole thing with the, the siege of the wall and, you know, Agrid getting killed by whatever that little kid's name is. Uh,
0: Who was that fucking kid? It doesn't matter. Is it Ollie? Yes. Oh, and my it's... God. Look at you.
1: <laughs> I just, it just came it. to me.
0: <laughs> I am notoriously terrible for remembering specifics. So I, 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 I am
1: surprised that I remember it.
0: Um, Uh, so so I have a list of my favorite characters and I'm just going to rattle them off and it's yeah it is what it is so Tyrion obviously Jon also Um, Varys, Jaime, Brienne, Bronn, Podrick, Sordavos and Little Lady Mormont (laughs) I couldn't leave any of them off I actually like they all have I feel like there's a common thread among them of just decent human beings that want to do the right thing and those are the people that really except for braun braun's kind of a dick but he's entertaining (laughs) so he he gets to be on my list because like these are people that a have some comedic relief moments some of them or they're just like outspoken and willing to stand up to injustice to do the right thing and you know that's decent i like that
1: yeah, I mean, Braun has a code. So that's, I think that that at least gives him some sort of uh, something out.
0: to work off of. Yeah. So, like, when Tyrion has done, they did the whole trial and Tyrion's, like, sentenced for who is he? Oh, for having killed Joffrey.
1: Mm-hmm. And you've
0: got freaking Braun comes to visit him and he's got, like, he's like, listen, I told you, like, I'm not going, I can't save you. Like, this is what the deal is. And, like, you still respect him, even though he's not going to save Tyrion. He's not going to do, you know, the yep. heroic thing. He's laid out exactly who he is as a person and he's following through with that. So like I can't be mad at him. Same thing with Varys. Varys is like, yeah. listen, I'm a pussy. I'm not gonna fight like this is what it is. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that well you told scene, me.
1: That scene with Braun is so good. It, I mean, that entire season, that the entire thing with the trial of Tyrion is it's fantastic. But I remember uh just being so happy that they nailed that relationship because they did. It, They clearly, they were happy with what the actor was doing, and they just kept giving him more. Because from what I remember, it's been a long time since I read them, but Braun kind of like fades away into the background uh, after the second book or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, They mention him, but he's no longer an active participant of what's going on. And in the show, they kept him around, and I was glad because they... He's just so good.
0: Well, when they uh, put him... So, like, Tyrion fucks off with Varys to go over to to find Daenerys. So then they pair Jaime and Bronn together, and that's super mm-hmm. fun. They they have a different but, like, kind of similar, you know, wit that goes back and forth where they're, like, picking on each other. Or, like, when Bronn is sword training Jaime after he's lost his hand, like, there's just a level of shit-talking that I enjoy. <laughs>
1: uh, then, how did you feel? Because you, you mentioned Varys. How, how did you feel about... Uh, just basically his final fate i
0: knew it was gonna come as soon as he decided to to fucking undermine danny regardless of how right he was i mm-hmm. knew she was gonna get him i was like oh he fucked up she told him <laughs> not to not to betray me and what did you do and guess what's gonna happen so like i yeah. knew it. i was sad but like it's where it had to go mm-hmm. so it's
1: what they do to Tyrion's character in the last couple of seasons is pretty brutal as far as uh, what he has to witness and what, what he has to be complicit to. <laughs> it's, uh, he, he, it's great.
0: I mean, he grew up with Tywin as his dad, so he understands there's a certain amount of sacrifice that comes with wanting to achieve certain like lofty goals. So he's willing to accept these things that he has to do or be a party to. But then like Daenerys... I felt it, especially rewatching seasons seven and eight. You see, they talk about how with Targaryens, there's a coin flip, if they're going to be crazy or not. And you can mm-hmm. see there's certain things where like she can go one of two ways and she always kind of flip-flops. So you never really, like you think you know who she is, but she's shown that she's kind of willing to be an asshole and kind of willing to sacrifice. Like when the bells go off and she kills the whole fucking everybody yep. in King's Landing, it's not as much as a surprise when you go back and rewatch it and you see the shit that she's done leading up to this.
1: Yeah. It's, I think that the, the show very, it's very clever because you, she's always acting like this. It's just that for a long time, she's acting against people that we dislike a lot. Yes. But then eventually she got to a point where she was interacting with people that we like or people that we were at least would been on their side for so long that we can kind of understand where they were coming from. Uh, so, when you see her clashing with people like Davos or John or even, you know, Tyrion Farris, yeah, it now it starts looking, oh, well, maybe she's not all the all there. She's a little unhinged. Uh, that was great. I was fine with her turn when it happened. Yeah. It, it, but it's one of those things that, you know, when it happened, it wasn't a surprise either for me, but just because we had reached that point where it was one of the, I don't know, maybe 10 possible outcomes of what was going to happen. Uh, so...
0: And it's rough, like I had been rooting for Danny, I'd been rooting for her since the beginning. I was like, this chick's like she's good, she's level headed, she deserves it, she's gonna get there, she's putting in the work. But then she fucking <laughs> lost her shit. And people are like, Oh, it was so sudden, you didn't expect it. Like, well, do you expect a slip into madness to happen gradually, or do you just like all of a sudden lose your shit? Like Yeah. Could go either way, so I'm fine with it. Um Who are the characters that you love to hate? Uh, Who are some of your favorite bad guys?
1: You know, I... <laughs> this is probably... Uh, this is one of my my hot takes. I don't think I've met any... I, I know, I think, one other person online that that kind of agrees. I like uh, Euron Greyjoy. See, I don't think he is the badass that he thinks he is. No, but, he's uh, but, definitely not. Right, but I think the show knows that. He The show knows that he's full of hot air, and th- but that's what makes him entertaining. And by the time that he shows up Cersei's position of power is so flimsy that well she'll take what he can she'll take what he can get you know what she can get and, and it's just this guy uh, the fact that he Absolutely when he dies, he dies laughing, thinking that he's killed Jamie. That's such a Euron thing to do. I just love it. I, it, it. But everybody was so mad because everybody would compare him to Ramsey or Joffrey. They're like, he's not what they were. Well, he wasn't supposed no. to be. He's supposed to be pathetic. Um, no. So I, I just.
0: He's, I mean, he's Ironborn. He's related to Theon. Are you really surprised he's that <laughs> easily manipulated? You shouldn't be.
1: Yeah, he's. You shouldn't be. He's one of those complaints about he's made that I just never got. I was like, he's just so much fun. He's just he's just a comeback, but he's he's got nothing all the other characters and and the fact that it shows you just how bad things have gotten. Where he actually presents a threat at some point, you know, this guy right? he wouldn't do anything against Tywin. He wouldn't do anything against you know uh, uh, Ned Stark. But because right now the infighting has gotten so much worse than ever before, he has a chance to actually have some power. It's so I I like Euron. I'm trying to think. I think I got my my list here.
0: While you're doing that, I loved, I mean, Theon, I love to hate, but then he reendears himself to us. (laughs) Like I feel like the character arc of Theon is probably the most drastic of any of the characters on the show in terms of like where he came from to where he got and all of the road in between is just like that dude went through some shit (laughs) like for real went through like his whole life like if there's a character that went to the bad side that i sympathize the most with it would probably be him like he did i don't agree with what he did especially overtaking winterfell and burning those kids but like i understand why he did and how he got there. And that's just like speaks to the level of character development in this show.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, he definitely endeared himself to me. He, yeah, he, he was also, I mean, I guess I never really hated him because I went into the show knowing at least that he was going to have to turn into, into reek. So I was like, Oh, he's going to go through hell. So even when he took over Winterfell, I knew that there was so much worse that was going to happen to him, uh, ahead of time. But by the time we got to the last season, I was just cheering for him, uh, When when he uh, when he came back for the Battle of Winterfell, that was just so cool
0: that he was able to show his face and then still want to protect people that he had fucked over. So like Theon protecting Bran at the end, like (laughs) it's such a mind fuck. He had such a fucking story like that's one of my I wouldn't say I love to hate him, but he's one of the most interesting characters to me. I love to hate Tywin, Cersei and Littlefinger, though. (laughs) Yes. Like, they're just assholes. And then I just straight up hate Ramsay and Joffrey. Like, fuck them.
1: Yeah, Joffrey is just uh, despicable. Ramsay, uh, I mean, he also is is despicable. But I don't know. I guess I always felt that Ramsay was scarier. Because Joffrey, at least Tyrion, could just basically, if he came at him directly, Tyrion could prevail. Like you know, he slapped him a couple of times, and it was it was yeah, fine. I love that. Yeah, uh, he was still a boy, so you know you could just like yell at him. And if it was the right person yelling at him, you could put him under control. Uh, Ramsey wasn't like that. Ramsey was just crazy and out of control. So that that made him he was scary. a
0: sick motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like he there, there's something broken in both of them for sure. But you're right. There's something more scary about Ramsey than there is Joffrey. Like, Joffrey's one of those dudes that will, like, kill ants with a magnifying glass, <laughs> whereas Ramsey's killing dogs. <laughs> That's the difference.
1: Yeah. But well, also, I guess, Jeffrey could have grown to be like Ramsey, but they, he didn't get the chance, thankfully. Uh, they, they took care oh, of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He was
0: definitely on that path. <sighs> so who else do you love to hate?
1: Uh, I love to hate uh, That's a, I couldn't remember the name. I, I just love Quibern. He is That's just, a good one. He's such a creep. And, and the fact that he. I love that he. How he rises in, <laughs> in power, and the, the, you know, because he just hooks up with the right people. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. he ends up being uh, Cersei's hand and reviving the mountain. He has his little lab there. I, I just love it. I think it's, yeah, it's the last season when uh, Tyrion, the two hands meet. In front of uh, Kings mm-hmm. Landing, and it's Tyrion and, and Quibern and it's just so funny because Tyrion knows where this guy came from. It's like I should be talking directly to Cersei, but he he finds he just himself. He walks right past him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck and then, you. Uh, Quibern is just reciting whatever it is that 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 Cersei has told him to to say that they they will not give up, they will not yield. And Tyrion has this moment where he looks at him and he's like, Quiburn, you know this is not going to end well. <laughs> Why are we going through this?" He just had that smile.
0: It doesn't make any sense to have a conversation that you know is going to be unproductive. So I'm going to fuck past you and I'm going to talk to the person who can (laughs) actually do anything. She's not going to, but at least there's a chance.
1: Yeah. I I just love that this guy found himself promoted to one of the most powerful positions in the kingdom. You know, he's just a mad scientist.
0: And that shows how weak Cersei's hand is that she's having to fucking rely on Qyburn and Euron as her fucking backups. Like, <laughs> girl. Yeah. Just go ahead. She can't admit defeat. She's too proud. So that's the pride I feel like is the undoing of a lot of these characters pride and greed. If they, everybody would be like, yo, you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. Let's work on this together. <laughs> We wouldn't have a story, so
1: yeah, I don't think that ever happens oh, well. in, the, in <laughs> no. the show.
0: Never, never. Ugh. um who are some of your least favorite characters? Uh,
1: least favorites? I think you know, for sure the the sand snakes, which got plenty of hate already. that's not like a, a, a novel answer because it's uh, it, it just feels like they were introduced like they were gonna be something and then the show just never did anything with them. So I
0: agree on the show. I liked them in the books. I was oh, yeah, very yeah, yeah. favorable on the whole Dorn, everything mm-hmm. that's associated with Dorn. Like I'm really into just, and I think that my love for them, the characters in the books, like carried over to the show. So like they didn't bother me too much on the show. They didn't do enough with them, but I didn't mind them.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, I-, I think obviously when they first when they were first introduced, I was like, all right. Let, let's see where they where they take them. This is gonna be awesome. But then they end up not, not doing anything. So it just feels like such a a waste of space. Uh, so I would say I think they are like my primary. Uh, oh, the other thing I had was uh, the the first Dario, the one that got recast. Yeah. <laughs> he was. I mean, not that they the the second Dario, he also doesn't look like what I thought Dario would. But he at least has a personality. The first Dario just looks like a supermodel. He's just a meathead. And yeah, uh,
0: he's actually the guy that played the villain in the first Deadpool movie.
1: Yes, is that Screen, right? Screen Screen, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. uh, act I don't remember his name, anyway. So that's that guy, but I agree. The second Darya Harris had more charisma, more charm, you could see why you know Daenerys would be attracted to him, yes, in terms of like personality. And then, like the rest of it, just grows on.
1: Yeah, I think that's the key thing. But yeah,
0: he was more fun. That's
1: that's the key thing that I he... didn't buy the first Dario as somebody that that Daenerys would be interested in. It just made her feel so no. shallow.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It was. Yeah. No. I I like that they recast him, and he was fun. Like when they had him and Grey Worm like holding their swords to see like who would drop it last. Just, like whoever's the winner is <laughs> at the back. And they're like, "Oh, get this sword out of my hand!" Yeah it's just fun little moments like this show has a lot of really intense stuff and it it does a great job of building all of this tension and like every two seasons you get like this huge battle that you know is really like three of them take place over the course of the entire episode like the whole episode is dedicated to them and it's just like fucking awesome it's awesome. Like, the Battle of Blackwater is one of my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. The Battle at the Wall between the Night's Watch and the Wildlings. The Battle of the Bastards was shot terribly and was actually one of my least favorite battles. But that's Really? Okay. And then I didn't mind what actually happened. I didn't like how it was shot. I feel like I couldn't see what was happening. It was all really close up, and I get that we're trying to convey that it's chaotic and, like, this is what it would be like to be mm-hmm. in the middle of that fight. But as a viewer... I would like to see the fucking fight that's happening, please. <laughs> Can I see it, yeah. or am I just gonna like be super tight and only see like fists flying? I mean, it's just not fun.
1: Yeah, I I got the that's all. and
0: then I really liked. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was gonna say I I think I got the the Saving Private Ryan vibe from that from that battle where it was you know because yeah. I think that's when they do the the thing where like the camera is not quite slow motion but it looks kind of weird and whenever John almost dies again and he. Comes out from the crowd, uh, from, from being buried under the troops, and he looks all sh- uh, shell-shocked. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind it. I didn't.
0: There's a lot of shit that I really like about this show. There's, like, little stupid nitpicky things that I don't like, but I feel like all the stuff that I don't like is done usually with a purpose, and there's usually a reason for it, and so I'm fine with it. Does that make sense? Uh, that makes sense yeah like i didn't like the way that the camera work was done in battle of the bastards but i understand what they're trying to convey so like eh, it's fine and then they fixed it for them when they fought all of the white walkers like Mm -hmm. it was so pretty to see when melisandre lit up all of the dothraki swords so then Uh when you're showing the overview you they look like fireflies like there's just all this light (laughs) and then it shows like they're going out and then all of a sudden it's dark like it was just fucking cool to look at
1: yeah did you have a problem watching it uh Because, you know, a lot of people complain that it was too dark. I I didn't have the problem, but I know that, that, I mean, it just depends on your TV and your settings and and whatever. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was dark, but if you're you are you don't want to fight the army of the dead during the day because it's not going to be as scary or as intense. It increases tension when you can't see what's happening, like, clearly around you. Like, that's kind of the environment they were in. Mm -hmm. You don't know when a a white is going to jump out at you. Like, it's just, it creates more tension to not be able to see, and it makes it more investing for me so like i i didn't mind it being dark
1: yeah uh you know i just thought of this a character that i don't quite like i understand what they were going for but it just didn't really work for me is bran after he becomes the the yes. you know the incarnation of the
0: the whole brand storyline for me <laughs> after the assassination attempt I, he's so boring like I know we have to get there but like that shit was boring Bran was boring who else did I have was boring um oh Arya and the whole house of black and white and a girl like that storyline I know she has to become a fucking super assassin <laughs> a girl has no name no one that shit went on for far too long for me it was I, too much. I
1: like the payoff though I like the, the fight I
0: love the payoff mm-hmm.
1: yeah when she I love it takes the, the, the candle out and I also like that she killed that guy um uh, I don't know whatever the the member of the uh, of, Jack and Hagar? No 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 the the guard that, that goes to the brothel and and he's asking for younger girls.
0: Yeah, oh Meryn Trance. Yes, oh yes, fuck it, that guy. Yeah. That was an awesome death. Yep. That was there's some really they do a great job of making super satisfying deaths for the real assholes. Like Joffrey's <laughs> death was great. Littlefinger's death was great. Sir Meryn Trance, um Roose Bolton, Ramsey Bolton, like they all they got some good deaths. I liked that.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give that to, to Arya, to that, that scene. But yeah, it well, felt yeah. like it went on for too long, The her training. It did. It
0: was a long time. I also, like, I felt like the whole Karth storyline was, like, kind of, like, slow. There's some parts of the show that are slow. But then when you take yourself out of it a little bit, or, like, I mean, I I could always defend any position, but I think that, like, when you're looking at slow parts, like, this stuff has to build. You can't just immediately get instant gratification. You have to work towards getting to a certain part of a story. So, like, it was boring, but it's fine. It's over now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think it, it, it's that problem that I, I guess the book doesn't have uh, because of the of the nature of the medium. Because in the show, you have to constantly check in with the with the characters. You can't mm-hmm. have. A whole I mean they did it with Brand where they just had a whole season that brand wasn't there but they can't do that with every character so in the book you can have Arya start training and then you know you don't see her again for several chapters and when she comes back well the training is over uh in the in the show you can't do it you have to keep checking in on her so they had to give her stuff to do and and that well, the was House of weird. black
0: and white wasn't boring to me in the book I feel like there's something that just wasn't translating well. Between the book and the show for that whole storyline, because it was entertaining to me reading it, but it just, it didn't do it for me in the show.
1: Yeah, I I think it just moves faster in the book.
0: That was, it fell flat, which is weird because you would think that it would move slower, but
1: it's. Um, But yeah, okay, so you don't like Bran at all. You don't like Bran. I don't like Bran. I don't like
0: the Karth storyline. I, who else? Oh, wait, we're talking about who I don't like. Sansa. I'm not a fan of Sansa at all. I think she is a dumb little bitch. <laughs> That's it. There's, there's no, there's no, it's, it's just, it. I, I don't like
1: See, Sansa. See, okay, this is probably going to be our biggest disagreement. I, I like Sansa. I, <laughs> I, it took me a while, but because she's, she's pretty terrible. I mean, by design in in the first few seasons, right? She's, she's everything that Arya mm-hmm. isn't. She's just so naive and she's just so out of her element. Everybody takes advantage of her. She's just there to be rescued. Um, it's even worse in the show than in the book. Because in the book, you're inside her head, so you can at least get more of her point of view. In the show, she's just she just seems like she's a victim. And, uh,
0: and a spoiled little brat.
1: Well, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I mean, the idea, I like the the concept, right? That you have this girl that just basically believes that it's going to be the world is like the fairy tales that she's heard about knights and kings and all stuff, and then she just gets smacked with reality. Uh, But then the transformation that she goes through... Uh, it really won me over, and it's not—I uh, mean, she goes through some through some horrible shit, and oh, the fact that sure. it doesn't, but doesn't break her, and, she, and when she comes out of it, uh, more determined and more wiser than she was before. I—I I, I was really into that. Uh, some of my favorite moments in the show have to do with Sansa, you like know, like what? Uh, uh, definitely uh, her her first encounter with Littlefinger after she escaped from Ramsey. So it's her and oh, Brienne yeah. meet. And she just tears into Littlefinger, just basically tells him, like, you I know, see You're a piece through of shit. You.
0: I exactly. See I what, know exactly. You're not going to fucking get me again. I do like that she has absorbed so much from being around Cersei and Littlefinger that she's mm-hmm. learned how to play chess instead of checkers. I just, I don't think that Sophie Turner's a great actress, first of all. So, like, that's not super fun to watch. And secondly, like, I get the whole giving a more. I don't know how to say a more effeminate, traditional female character room to grow in her way instead of just having to be like Brienne or Arya, where you adopt more masculine traits in order to be successful. She's doing Mm -hmm. it using more feminine traits and she's still like being strategic. Oh, and also Tyrion. She's around Tyrion. So like, yeah, she's absorbed a lot of (laughs) shit. But there's just a certain snarkiness from her. Character that I don't care for in the show, like the oh, way I that she treats Daenerys ah, She's just like she. There's no. She has no humility whatsoever at all, and that bothers me. She can't understand uh, how to approach something in a way that's going to be productive. It's just, I don't like you, and I'm going to tell you I don't like you.
1: Yeah, I don't think that she's a good diplomat. No but, but I. But I appreciated that. I, I appreciated that she still had that flaw. It's not that you know, post Ramsey, she became this perfect leader and everything. She still had, she was uh, pretty, pretty prideful. And she, every time she clashed with John, I would just get really tense. Cause I was like, you guys are supposed to be working together, yeah. <laughs> but, but I like it. I mean, it brought, uh, that, it's that realistic. aspect of the politics aspect of it. Were they, well, how do we put all this together? You know, she didn't want Daenerys, but Daenerys is there. And, uh, I love that scene where they almost become friends. I mean, they're not really. They're both trying to play each other. But mm-hmm. uh, that's the nicest they are, Daenerys and Sansa, uh, and Sansa, to each other. And even that ends up being a bust.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like the two of them are too similar to be able to get along. In terms of not willing to make any concessions to understand what the other one. Like, I'm right. The way that I'm doing this is the way that it should be done. And you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt like they were interacting with each other, and I mean that's also realistic. So whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and her her relationship with Theon, I I also I in, the, in the last season, that was so uh, so awesome that they have like three moments that I just love, which is. Theon comes back to Winterfell for, for the Battle of Winterfell, and Sansa embraces him. It, it's like everybody's watching, like, what the hell happened? When did you guys get so close? <laughs> yeah, and then I think it's that same episode towards the end when everybody's getting kind of just killing time and drinking before the big battle. And you have this montage while uh, while Podrick is singing, and you see what everybody else is doing. And Sansa is just, I don't know, it's like a, mm-hmm. outside. outside eating or drinking with Theon. You can't even hear what they're saying, but they're, you can tell that they're friends now. They, they've, they you know, they're close to each other. And then, of course, when she goes after after the battle and she puts, I don't know what she does. She goes to, to his, you know, his dead body and she either puts, she puts something on it. I don't know, but you can tell, like, she's, you know, devastated by it. Uh, I just, I, I really invested in it.
0: They put in the work to make it realistic for these two characters to be allies again because like there was no way in hot Haitian voodoo hell after thinking (laughs) Theon burned her two little brothers that she was going to be homies with this dude and then shit happens and like it becomes a realistic thing that they are now thick as thieves and they trust each other again or that she Mm -hmm. would ever trust him
1: yeah they just they just went through hell together so that was cool
0: no shit um I also like the relationship between Jamie and Brienne. Mm -hmm. the turning moment for me, we were talking earlier about when you get to see things through Jamie's point of view, because all up until now we've known him as the Kingslayer. He's fucking his sister. He pushed Bran out the window. Like this dude (laughs) is a piece of shit. And then they get in the tub. I think when they're with Bruce Bolton and they're in the tub and Mm -hmm. Jamie tells her what really happened when he stabbed Eris in the back, you come to understand like, okay, there's another side of the story. Maybe everything that we've been told up until now isn't to be trusted.
1: Yeah, he's not the monster that you thought he was.
0: Yeah. I Jamie's one of my favorite characters. I love him. He has just such a good heart.
1: So were you bummed with where he ended that he ended up going back to Cersei?
0: No. I I mean, it makes sense. Like how they literally came out of the freaking womb together. Like you cannot <laughs> tell me these two are going to like he's just going to let his sister, the love of his life, the mother of his all dead children suffer and like be left like he's gonna go to her of course he is
1: he's constantly said it throughout the show that cersei is the most important person in his life and uh even whenever you think that he's broken away from her it just you just knew that he was gonna come back i mean he could have gone either way. way but when 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 he decided to go back i was like yeah that's that's just that makes sense. That's just his choice.
0: It would have been strange if he had chosen to leave Cersei at the hour of her need and just, like, leave her to herself. That wouldn't that wouldn't have been entirely true to his character.
1: Yeah. I love that they did enough to redeem Herm, uh you know, because he goes back to Winterfell to fight. <laughs> and then, but then it's like, all right, but now I need to go back to, <laughs> to Cersei.
0: Poor guy. He's got friends in every corner. He could just say, <laughs> somebody <laughs> he loves is going to die, like... It just sucks. Poor guy. Um, what are some of your favorite moments that or episodes or story arcs, things that you really were like I love the Dorn storyline, I love Braun and Jamie together, I love Brienne and Jamie together, I love Tyrion and Braun together, and Podrick throw his ass in there. Like <laughs> there's so many fun groupings. But like what are some uh, of your favorite things?
1: So I mean, I, I was trying to stay away from, from just the 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 ones that everybody knows. And, and, you know, we mentioned them already, like mm-hmm. uh, all the big deaths like, uh, you know, Ned Stark, uh, Tywin, the, the, the Mountain uh, and Oberyn, all, all that stuff. And all that stuff was awesome. Coming into it, uh, knowing that it was going to happen, it was still executed exactly how I wanted it to be. It was, it was great. It's so... But to me, like there was stuff that happened that I didn't know was going to happen, you know, once we got away from the books. Mm-hmm. And probably my favorite Game of Thrones moment is the, the first reunion between Starks. So when Sansa arrives at the wall, just as John is getting ready to leave, that was just perfection because yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I love that it was basically the two siblings that are the least close at the time. Like Sansa and John, they're not, you know, you would have thought John and Arya, or maybe, you know, Arya and Bran, or Arya and Sansa even. But Sansa and John, I mean, you've never really even seen them interact that much. And then they have yeah. this really sweet conversation uh, where they're basically catching up. And then she asks him, so where are you going to go now? And he says, where are we going to go now? <laughs> and he says... Yeah, it says, I think it says my dad would kill me or would come back from the grave and kill me if I let you out of my sight again. Yeah. It's just so, it was so awesome. And it, it just felt also like such a turning point because after all this time, you finally got a reunion that was going to stick. I mean, they've missed each other so many times. Star- so X- many
0: <laughs> so many close misses like aria showing up right at the end of the red wedding you got bran who sees john but like can't mm-hmm. go to him at, but the uh, craster's keep or whatever there's all these times where it's like gut-wrenching that they come so close only to miss each other and then you finally get this payoff of them it just, it, you're right it was really heartwarming to see them come together and put aside all the stupid petty shit that they now realize is petty like you're mm-hmm. my brother you're my sister this is what matters
1: yeah, it was just such a also such a weird moment of happiness because by the, by that time everybody has gone through so much. It's just so rare to see them have a win and and enjoy it. And it was just it was it was great. So that's definitely uh, my favorite. And then there were a couple of things that, of course, uh, going back a little, this was in the books, and I was really looking forward to it seeing John execute what's his name, the the first captain of the oh, of the guard, th- Thorn. Oh wait! No, uh, the guy that even Alistair Thorne turned on this guy. Janice Slint. Uh, Janice Slint. That piece of shit. I just loved it. It was, uh, and it was, again, it was just like I had pictured it. You know, he just does it and he doesn't look happy about it. He just looks like, well, this is what happens. <laughs> and everybody else in the show, everybody else at the, at the wall just knows that he means business. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was just great. I mean, as far as, uh, like, actual, like, storylines... I was a big fan of uh, of Stannis.
0: Stannis as a character is super black and white. He doesn't see very much gray, and he seems very stoic, very stern. Until you see him interact that one time with his daughter, and it's just like mm-hmm. so sweet and heartwarming. And then he kills her.
1: Yeah, it's oh God. That it's it, see, that That's talk about like unexpected. I did not see that coming. But again, when it happened, I was like, "Well, he is. He is that kind of man." I mean, he's just gonna sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed uh but up till then i was thinking you know he he wouldn't be a bad king He, he, he has his flaws but he he has his head on straight he has uh the strategy i mean maybe not he wouldn't be like my king but i could pick him as the guy that's gonna prevail because he can outsmart so many of them uh and you know he has magic on his side because he has Melisandra. He can do it. And now he's he's joining with Jon. His entire trajectory. I w- I would joke with my friends. I was like, he's my candidate. I-, I think Stannis can make it to the end. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I believed in him. But
1: then you know he crosses that line. Really
0: killed a kid, and then you're like, well, he obviously can't win now. He killed a fucking kid. <laughs> can't do that.
1: Yeah, I think he knows too. The moment it happens, he just knows that it. Well, it was it, so
0: fucked because like Stannis was such a decent-ish dude leading up to that, and his wife was such a bitch. Like she was just awful, especially even to Shireen. Like she just treated her like crap because she had the grayscale. Like she, w- mm-hmm. and then when Shireen's burning, Stannis is the one standing there stoic, like, and then the mom is like, "No, no, stop it!" And so that was like, that was hard to watch.
1: Yeah, uh, I love the actor too. So it was, I was sad that he was gone. I would have liked to see him just dealing with the the end game part of of, of the show. If he had made it to season eight, I was like, "What would Stannis have to say?" <laughs> uh, but at least he left us he left us Davos, so so that was good. We,
0: I love Davos, but it was also like I will give the show. I said it before. Like there's some super satisfying deaths that Brienne gets to be the one to kill Stannis because he killed her beloved Renly. Yes. Just, if he's gonna go, at least he went in a way that's satisfying.
1: Yeah, I remember so many people. Uh, I, I think this speaks to the popularity of the character because you don't see him actually die on screen you see her swing the sword mm-hmm. and then they cut away so I remember people saying no Stan is still alive You we didn't see him die on screen so he's gonna come back and I was like ah that would be pretty far fetched I mean there's no reason why Brienne would spare him
0: no she would not and Brienne <laughs> is not one to like leave a job half done like come on yep. she killed him for sure
1: uh, um yeah it...
0: no go ahead sorry
1: oh uh And then Arya, speaking of satisfying, uh, Arya killing Walder Frey, that was just amazing.
0: As the season seven opener, and like you didn't really know what was going to happen, and it happened right where the Red Wedding happened, like, it Mm -hmm. was awesome. And then she pulled off the mask and told the girl, tell everybody that winter came for House Frey. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, like, is now done with Bravo. She's done with the House of Black and White. And she gets to go into, like, little assassin murder status. And, like, yeah. she. And then I love, love, love. There was a point where she's back at Winterfell. And she and Brienne do a little sparring. And, like, she's, like, she said something, like, that sword's not big enough or whatever. And she kept, like, besting <laughs> Brienne. And then, like, the Hound and Brienne are talking about Arya and looking at her, like, proud parents. Like, these two jacked up people are like oh look at her she's doing such a good job like <laughs> it was cute i liked it.
1: yeah they really developed her into a badass from you know it's crazy because that's i i, I love the he's in a couple episodes only but uh Sirio, her her first teacher mm-hmm. he's great and just to see her come from way back then season one where she's just you know she's learning but she's not really she's not gonna hurt anybody she kills that kid and she's like freaking out and then you get to season eight and she's become such a badass that of course she's gonna be the one killing the the night king you know that was just i love how whenever
0: she tells people that she's going to kill other people they just look at her and laugh like oh i'm going to kill the queen (laughs) yeah i'm laughing no i'm going to kill the queen Fuck you. were
1: you bummed that she didn't get to kill cersei
0: a little bit, but we also had the Hound and the Mountain doing their battle to the death. So, like that was satisfying. And then Jamie, I, I mean, I feel like that is an okay way for us to lose Jamie and Cersei. Like Cersei's terrible, but she does have redeeming qualities. So I was glad that they got to die together. They came into the world together. They died together.
1: It's, it's, yeah,
0: it's poetic.
1: I I was surprised by how. Okay, I was with Cersei not having kind of like an epic death and instead having just dying with Jamie because Rox. I, it, I think it works both ways. One, because she is so, so proud and full of herself throughout the entire show that is, in a way, it's satisfying that she doesn't even get this sort of epic death. Instead, she's just panicking and, and you know, it's just. The, the ceiling collapsing on her. Uh, yeah, but she also, doesn't
0: get a hero's death. She doesn't get like one of those, I died in battle doing what I... No, I ran like a right. little scared person and got crushed to death by rocks.
1: Yep, Like yeah. Uh, yeah, she didn't get burned by Daenerys or anything. She was just, yeah, nope. underground. Uh, but also, but I was glad that they ended up together. I mean, there was something just very twisted, but also just very, very right about seeing her and Jamie just dying together. That That just made sense again.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel bad that we lost Jamie. Like there was there was we only lost 4 people when they were fighting the White Walkers, which was kind of surprising. I expected to lose more mm-hmm. big people then. And then like you just want Jamie to fucking win. You want him to he's done so much. He's done the right thing so many times. And he just but he cho- he chose his fate. But how
1: good is it? It's so good when uh Brienne r- finishes his entry in the big book of nights. Yes. And she he she just says he died defending uh, his queen, and suddenly he's no longer the the Kingslayer. You know he's just back in in the honorable column. I guess that was that was pretty sad, but pretty sweet.
0: Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Uh, I liked that Jamie knighted Brienne before they did the the yes. long night. That was she finally got to, and then she got banged. Good for her. <laughs>
1: It was a good night for Brandon.
0: I know, right? She did all right. Good for you, girl.
1: Freaking Gets Aria nighted. also
0: lost her virginity, which was a little disturbing for me to have to see. I didn't need to see Aria topless. Like I still I still think of her as like a ten year old, so it was a little bothersome. But I mean, she's not a kid But they anymore. showed the
1: scars. They did. I think that that's what made it made it okay to me because I remember, yeah, also getting really nervous when I saw where the scene was going, and I was like, okay, when do they cut away? And they got to the part where she gets she got naked, and I was like, wow, well, <laughs> we went there. Well, okay. But, but then that that you know you see uh, Gandry's reaction, and it's just you know she's she's gone through some shit, and you can see it in her body. So that was that was cool. Uh, that was that was great too. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Gendry coming back and not just his reunion with Jon, or you know, not reunion, but just getting to know each other, just seeing the son of uh, Ned Stark. Well, supposedly well, we the son him. of Ned Stark <laughs> and the son of Robert Baratheon. It was just that was cool, but him coming back into the story after being away for like what three seasons at least. Yeah. Um,
0: I didn't expect him to ever come back. I always kind of had in the back of my head, like, whatever happened to that dude? And I didn't because I hadn't <laughs> seen the show and there was no books to tell me. So I just assumed he faded into oblivion. But then he came
1: back. Yeah, no, he came back and he survived. I, I thought that he wasn't going to make it. But uh, okay. and that's that's such a... I, I really love how they ended that that relationship where he pr- basically he proposes to Arya and Arya turns him down. <laughs> it, again, it made sense. It, it's not she wants Arya's to be free. not that type yeah yeah but his his reaction to it it just
0: i love that she and the hound both leave winterfell
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, I, was say, I like that when they're and they're both leaving together and they're just like ha- he's like if i get hurt again you're gonna leave me for dead she's like probably and he just laughs, <laughs> like yeah we're very similar of course um what would you change about the show
1: uh if anything I've been thinking about it since season 8 ended and I remember telling my wife at the time, telling friends, I was like, they should have just released season 8 all at once. They should have just dumped all six episodes at once so that people could binge them. It plays better when you watch them all together. You don't have the breaks in between episodes to kind of let your mind go to some of those things that bother you a lot more when you have time to dwell on them. If mm-hmm. you're just watching the, the story go from you know one location to the other, you don't really feel the, the the moments where it lags, where it feels like it's speeding up. I love how they structured it. You know, I love that we get an episode that's just basically all downtime before the big fight. Yes. But I remember a lot of people just, kind of like getting into their heads and people just complaining why are we wasting a whole episode on this Mm -hmm. when there's so much to do and if you hadn't given us the time to think about that if you just given us here's your big six hour finale enjoy you don't have to watch it all at once but if you want to you can i think that it would have been it would have played so much better
0: i think you're right because i've only watched them like as a binge so like I really like the second episode of um, the last season where the whole episode is just building the tension. Like this battle's coming. Like what are you going to do with your possible last eight hours alive? Mm-hmm. How do you, like you can't just, there's no stakes involved if you just go immediately into battle. Like it doesn't resonate as much. So like having to sit there and think like doom is coming, constantly pressing on you. Like that's that's going to put you in a different mental state rather than like I'm just a warrior. I'm ready. It's just, it, you're right. It works better like that. I can't imagine, though, if I was watching and waiting for an episode and you know that the battle is coming and you get this whole episode of like, oh, it's almost going to start the fight. Yeah, That would be a little frustrating. I can see that.
1: Yeah. And then the same thing with, uh, you know, after Daenerys goes crazy and just burns King's, uh, King's Landing and then you have a break and then you get the final episode. Without that break, you just barrel through it. You don't have time to like really start second-guessing why she went crazy or anything. You just have to go with what the story is telling you. And the story is telling yeah. you that it happened, and now we're dealing with it right away. So I think it would have been better. The other thing is, I wish that we had gotten more... Time in Dorn and more time in the, uh, with the Greyjoys in general. I, I know I'm biased because if you've read the books, you know that that world is so much more complex. There's yes. so many more characters. And I just, need, I, I didn't feel that they did Dorn or the Iron Islands uh, justice, especially Dorn.
0: A hundred percent. Like Dorn, I already said I love Dorn and all of the associates, like Oberon, freaking everybody that's associated with Dorn is interesting to me. Yep. So I would have liked more of that. I was enjoying what little bits we did get and it left me wanting more.
1: Yeah, especially because they had such a good setup. I mean, uh, Oberyn was such a fan favorite, and everybody was mm-hmm. so crushed when he died. So, I mean, they had it ready. You know, you just want to see the people that are going to avenge Oberyn. So, you could have done so much more with Dorne, and people would have gone for it. So it, that that was a shame. I, I remember when they announced the actor that they'd cast to play uh, Oberyn's brother, uh, you know, the king. Yeah. He's only like two episodes, but they, it was he's uh, you know he's from Deep Space Nine. He's he's kind of like a known actor, and. Uh, so even that created the expectation that we're going to see you more. know, a lot of time. We're going to spend a lot of time in Dorne uh, and just, you know, I want to see Dorne politics and all that stuff. But no, we, we didn't really get that. So that was if I could, if I was given the power to reshape the show a little bit, I, I would have given us a couple more episodes focusing on Dorne and focusing on on the Iron Islands, just to see a little more of the great joys. There's so much more to them than what you see. There really uh, is. They're like-, like their culture, the culture of the pirates. You don't really get to see uh, a lot about that. I remember telling my friends at the time. Uh, that hadn't read the books I was like oh just wait till you get to the Greyjoys you get to see Theon's family that's a completely different thing and it's gonna be awesome and not really you know you you see their ships they're kind of weird but you don't get into it the way that you get it with the other houses
0: you're right there's a lot of room left and what would be interesting if it ever got approved is if they did spin-off series or whatever or like little Mm -hmm. mini-series and showed like some of the, the other worlds or expanded on some of that would be kind of fun I don't think they will but whatever if you want more of it just read your books (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is that is true, That's and you right. know I, you mentioned it earlier. But I I favor that the the whole watching the show first, reading the book after, because you always get mm-hmm. more details from the book, so you never feel shortchanged. Whereas yes. when you read the book and you watch the show, it's you always feel like always something's feel missing. Changed mm-hmm.
0: absolutely. Um, is there anything else you would change
1: about the show? Um, I don't know how I would do it, but I we're talking about Bran. And to me, I was fine with Bran until he basically lost his personality because he became the, the three eyed Raven. Mm-hmm. And so I understand how that works on paper. It it makes sense. You know, he's not Bran anymore. Now he's this this mystical being that's omnipotent but also just inscrutable and
0: And almost impartial in a way. Like kind of removed is what I guess what I'm trying to say. More mm-hmm. removed from like emotional attachment.
1: Yeah. The problem is that they need to sell us that he is going to be the king and I need to be super pumped when that happened. And when it happened I was just like, Alright, it makes sense. I understand Tyrion's argument, but I'm not excited. You know, no. I was I was not investing in him because he had become this 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 character that didn't have a personality. So he was he was not I I did not care, you know, and I wish that they'd found a way to show me that a little more of what was going on through his head. So I wouldn't have felt like I was just staring at this blank thing that was there. That was just like a plot device. I mean, again, it's not it's not on the acting. It's not on the, you know, the plotting itself. It's just on the way that you present the character. I couldn't tell you what his deal was during the big battle of winterfell like i know because he's he's kind of bait but not really and i wish that they made it clear i I would love it if that what's happening is that he knows that Arya is going to save him and that he has put everything in motion so that this will happen or maybe him and Arya had already talked about it and Mm -hmm. but that's not really what happened so it just looks like the entire battle of winterfell bran who's supposed to be somewhat powerful uh is just a sitting duck. It, it, yeah, he's just sitting there. You know, you see him like morph into, you know, warg into a, a bird, and I thought, okay, so that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna he's be gonna surveillance.
0: Warg. Yeah, he's gonna yeah, do but, something. He's gonna contribute.
1: Yeah, but but no, he doesn't do. It. I mean, you know, you get the shot of the bird flying, but then he's not doing anything. He's just sitting there uh, watching Theon die. <laughs> so I wish that we had gotten. I couldn't tell you exactly how, but I wish we gotten more out of his character so that I would be more invested. And when he when he becomes a king, the king, I would just be you know, so for it because everybody else that was there, that was, you know, at that meeting where they were, you know, deciding who was going to be King. I would have been more excited if any of them, You know, if Tyrion had been named King, if, if Sansa had been named Queen. Yeah. I had more investment in all of them. Bran. I was just like, Oh, well, he's just this guy. That's just really weird now. Is it
0: not fucked up that he's now the King, but they still call him Bran the broken. I feel like he should have gotten a new (laughs) nickname. (laughs) (laughs) King Bran the broken. (laughs) I think do him better than that. That's fine. They
1: don't they don't want it to get to his head. You know, you know what? The the last thing he does in the show, I could have used more of that when he, he's just kind of like walking away and he goes like, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go figure out where the dragon is. And it's just such a throwaway line, but at that moment he has more personality than he had in the last three or four episodes. And right. if I could have seen more of that throughout the last season, I I think that would have worked a lot better. What do you? The, what would you change?
0: As much as there are storylines that I don't enjoy and that I find boring, I understand that they're necessary to get me from point A to point B. So I'm going to leave all of those out and go with less expected things to say. So the Battle of the Bastards I would have shot so I can, you know, it's more viewer friendly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had to see a nine-year-old breastfeed, which is, uh, <laughs> that's fucked up. I don't want to see that. And then I don't want to see any dire wolves dying. I really got upset with like all of the wolves, like the one getting his head chopped off and sewn onto Rob's body. Freaking them having to kill Lady because yeah. Namiria, like that—that that upset me. So those are yeah. easy things that wouldn't change the story that I would have liked to have seen done differently. They're all also cop-out answers. So there you go.
1: No, but but they all they will make sense. I I don't have a problem with them with the dire dying. I. I mean, it sucks, but I appreciate what they do. Every time that the direwolf dies, it's a big deal in the show. So that was yes. great. I would say I would have liked more direwolves. I understand why they couldn't, because it was just so complicated. But if if we had gotten more of, at least wolf, because, not wolf, uh, ghost. Ghost. Because ghost is just so, you know, he's there till the very end. And, you know, it's cool. You see him, like, right into battle. <laughs> then you the never night- see
0: him again. What happened to him? Did he die?
1: No, he comes back and he's missing a Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, because, uh, yeah, they, remember they have that big scene where Jon sends Wolf, uh, Ghost with uh, torment.
0: Yes. Okay. And then and then
1: Ghost is waiting for him when he goes back to the.
0: Ghost is the best. I love yeah.
1: Ghost. Yeah. Ghost is great. I, I, I wish we had gotten more, but.
0: I do too. I, w- I liked that um, Nymeria and Arya met up later yes. on. That was sweet. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, it's "Come so with me." It's so sad
1: too. It because is, she's... but.
0: They are both, like, Nymeria is Arya's wolf. They're going to do what they need to do rather than what they want to do. So, like, it makes sense. They were perfectly paired together.
1: Yeah. That was one of those things that I did not expect the show to... I I didn't expect them to close that loop. You Mm. know, I just thought that was going to be a loose end because really, you know, Nymeria just ran off. And you don't really... There's not a plot purpose for her her to show up again. Uh, Other than uh,
0: just a feel-good moment.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. But also to show you just how, how much Arya has changed. Because doesn't he, I remember what she says. She says, it's not you, girl, or it's not me, girl. She said something like saying um, mm-hmm. that implies that she's not the same person she was when last time that they were together. So it's it's really sad. Yeah, I think
0: she said, it's not you. And you didn't know if she was talking to herself or to mm-hmm, Nymeria because mm-hmm. Nymeria had already yes. walked off. And so it was just like it could play either way. And there, it works either way. Yeah. So they both had had to do a lot of changing to get to where they were now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It was good. All right. Do you have anything else you would like to talk about before we go to the last segment of Mary Bane Kill?
1: Let me see. Let me see. Let me see.
0: I'm going to scan through my notes real quick, too, because I have. Oh, what character do you relate to the most real quick? Just out of curiosity.
1: I want to say John. It's but again, it's it's a lot easier in the books because you have the running commentary. And I know I brought that with me when I was watching the show. So I can't impartially tell you what it's like if you haven't read the books and you, you know, see John, uh, uh, how much you get out of it. But to me, the idea, not that I consider myself an outcast, but he's definitely somebody that's not that's looking for his place uh, from the beginning of the show Mm -hmm. and that is trying to do the right thing. And he's forced to make difficult choices. And I'm generally attracted to that kind of character. They may not be sometimes they're not the most complex character because, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is a good guy, you know, and there's very little that John does in the in the show, in the entire story where you would say he did not do the honorable thing or he did not do uh, the right thing. You know, he's in a way he's kind of predictable as opposed to somebody like Tyrion, for example, with Tyrion, you never know, you know, but but yeah, I have to say John, It's just I don't know. It, it's, it's, he's a well, good that's guy. That's
0: funny because my character that I relate the most to is Really? I love her. She's just very independent, very outspoken, and mm-hmm. kind of, like, bucks the norms. Like, just because you're supposed to do something doesn't mean that you should do it. Yeah. Like, I'm a woman. I can fight. Like, And she also grew up having a very sure sense of herself rather than what she's been told she should be. So, like, I just like that she knows herself and that she... Is not going to take any shit from somebody fucking her over. She does shoot John. He's like, "Oh, you're not going to shoot me. Like, put two in you. Don't do yeah. me dirty. I told you not to screw me over, and you screwed me over."
1: Did you know that she was going to die when you were watching uh, that episode? Yes, okay, I so got that far, so I knew
0: I I had prepared myself, and also she was on. The first season of Downton Abbey. There's a few crossovers, and that show premiered this the same year, which I said, so it was nice. Like Jora Mormont was on Downton Abbey, so seeing them like it's just fun. <laughs> so like, yeah, I knew she, I knew she was gonna bite it. But then like when you go on the real internet and you see that John and Agreed are married in real life, like yeah. that's sweet. I like that. <laughs> they get a happy ending.
1: That they so they do. Cute. Oh, I guess the, the the question that had the internet on fire. For so long. Did you know who uh, Jon Snow's parents were? Did you figure it out before they revealed it I on the show? I did not
0: know. I didn't figure it out, but I had read fan theories, and I thought that the rhaegar Lyanna thing made the most sense, and so it mm-hmm. seemed likely. But I didn't know.
1: Yeah, I... I... Know.
0: But I knew before... Actually, no, I knew before I watched the show because I watched the last two seasons only this year.
1: Right. So I didn't, so you're right, I right knew, there.
0: I knew going into watching the show, but like, I didn't know until they revealed it on the show, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, I had a couple of friends that, that were hardcore on that, on the theory of, oh, it's going to be Rhaegar and, and Liana. And I, I didn't want to hear any of it just because I was like, it makes sense, but I like Ned Stark as his dad so much. And I, I felt that it was going to take something away from it, um, but it didn't at least the way they did it in the show it's like well he acknowledges his lineage but it's not like he ever stops thinking of Ned as his as his father he's the I one mean, that raised, raised him I mean he raised him
0: exactly yeah. and he's got he's got Ned's you know potentially fatal flaw of being honest and honorable mm-hmm. at whatever the cost yeah <laughs> which sometimes like Tyrion said like sometimes do you ever consider learning how to lie and he's like <laughs> i mean <laughs> what's the point yeah i like the way that they that things ended up. I I maybe wouldn't have done it exactly the same way, but I also would never be able to write a story this intricate, so I'm fine to just sit back and enjoy the ride.
1: Do you think John is at the at the very end of the show, do you think he's leaving with the Wildlings not to come back or do you think he's working uh, he's being the bridge between the wall and the whilings.
0: a hundred percent the bridge i don't think that after all the stuff that he's been through being separated from his family and his loved ones that he would willingly separate himself to that level again so that's i think what he's I thought gonna too. be involved
1: yeah that's what i thought too but i've seen people argue that no when he's looking back he's just looking back one last time and he's just gonna disappear beyond the wall that's that's a bummer of an ending
0: <laughs> yeah that's that and that also doesn't seem like his character he yeah. wouldn't just forsake everybody to go do his own thing. He's always doing the people. Yeah, he wouldn't abandon his responsibilities. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not at all. All right, Julio. The time has come. Who would you like to marry? Who would you like to bang and who would you like to kill? You can I mean I have a I have two that I have multiple answers for, so if you would like to give two answers, you may.
1: Yeah. See because I was when I first read that we were going to do this, uh, I thought we we're going to do it the, in the way that I give you options and you decide who does it? Oh,
0: no. It's open-ended.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. So who do I... Now I have to look at my... I can
0: go first if you want me to.
1: Okay, you go first.
0: Okay. So for Mary, I have two options. And obviously, they're, neither of them is perfect, but I'm going to give you my reasoning for both. So Tyrion is my first option. The only reason I wouldn't is because he's kind of a drunk. But <laughs> I he's a smart person. He There's a lot to admire about Tyrion and then it's kind of weird because the other option is Jamie. yes he fucks his sister but <laughs> he is a good person and he I I, he is endeared to me ever since he told the story about ha- what really happened with the Mad King like I I have a place in my heart for him and I would marry him in a heartbeat he's and he's not bad to look at either I don't care if he's missing a hand Um, <laughs> I am going to bang Podrick because of the whole thing when they gave him the money to go to the whorehouse and they didn't charge him. Like it's gotta be good. I want to know.
1: Legendary. And
0: it's legend. Wait for it. Dairy. <laughs> and then for my kill, who did I say? Oh, my kills are not going to make you happy. So I didn't kill anybody on the show that already got a satisfying death because there's the obvious easy answers, you know, Joffrey Ramsey, whatever. Oh, that's
1: a good, yeah, that's a good. So way I kept
0: it. it to people that were alive at the end of the show Uh, actually not really because Danny's one of them Danny didn't quite make it out so Danny I would have killed and then Sansa was my other kill because I wanted to kill people that wouldn't if I killed certain people that I don't like that like if I killed Bran then the story will suffer I feel like if I killed Danny or if I killed Sansa nothing's gonna suffer story wise
1: Really? I don't know if you kill Sansa then you don't have a ruler for the north
0: well if I kill her at the end who cares somebody else can do it anybody else can do it it's <laughs> not a big deal uh, let oh no lady Mormont's dead yeah i these are these are two characters that i wouldn't miss if they were gone that's how i'm putting it so there you go okay sorry i killed your friend
1: that's all right i, I, will, I will redeem it by marrying <laughs> my friend i'll, I'll marry sansa
0: you know, I could be okay, I, and then she I can't can... kill her. So there you go; you saved her. <laughs>
1: there you go, perfect uh, diplomatic immunity. She uh, she can rule the north. That's fine. I can just chill. But I, I, I have no problem being known as the husband of Sansa Stark. Uh, uh, that's fine. I don't need to be famous. I am going to. Okay, so just for killing, we're gonna stick with the people that are still alive. But you know, as far as like having sex with, anything goes. So i gonna with Cersei. Goes. Cersei oh! seems like the equivalent of Podrick. Uh, as far as, you know, well,
0: she's got not skills. experience,
1: but somehow, like, I would say skill. I think that yeah. it, there has to be more to it than just the fact that she's a Lannister. I think that there's something to that. And then kill, I see, who's still standing by the end? Oh, you know who I would kill? Uh, Caitlin's brother that has the nerve to even suggest <sighs> that he could be king at the end of the show.
0: Ed Tully, you spent the entire fucking show captured like he even when you first meet him he's trying to like shoot the flaming arrow to like uh-huh. light his dad's funeral pyre and he can't even do it like you are fucking worthless what makes you think you could be king <laughs> literally yeah. contributed nothing positive the entire fucking sh- good call i endorse yeah. that
1: yeah uh and you know this is this is just like an extra category if i could save somebody from death just because you just reminded me of that i think i would save the black fish I was pretty bummed that he basically decided to to go down with the ship instead of joining the the resistance.
0: Yeah. But again, that like we only got maybe 15 minutes of character development for him the entire series, but from what we've learned of him like that's within, mm-hmm. you know, that that tracks. Yeah. That makes sense. Who would I save? Fuck. To think of everybody who died that was hard to watch, I can't even think of any good people that died that made me sad right now. Uh, Kyle Drogo, oh, that was sad, but then <laughs> one of the things that, about Karth that was actually like emotional was when they she, like she went into the whole like secret tower or whatever of like the warlocks and they mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. she walked in the tent and she saw like what could have been her future with Kyle Drogo and the baby and yep. then she couldn't stay. Like that sucked, that was hard to watch.
1: Yeah, that it, it that was one of those things where I had no idea it was coming. You know, you just assume that they they already wrote off the character. They're not, not going to bring the actor back for this one thing, but they did. <laughs> so yeah. it, was, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, Khal Drogo. He's, he, I mean, he started off raping her, so like, can't say he's a good guy. But he, they ended up having a relationship that was good. Yeah, yeah we'll save Call Drogo. Fuck it.
1: I mean, of course, when you're doing that, you're just massively altering history. I don't think that... The Blackfish, I don't think he makes a difference in the end. But no. Khal Drogo... That just takes Daenerys in a completely different direction.
0: I would have to think about it because I really don't know. There's, and there's so many characters to even rifle through, and my brain is not even that position. So I'm just going to go, Jason Momo is hot. Let's save him. Fuck it. (laughs) He's Aquaman. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that. He's a good looking dude. (laughs) Apparently, I was reading on like the trivia stuff that when he first met um, Amelia Clark, he like ran up to her and picked her up and was like, wifey, and was so excited. It was so sweet. (laughs) I hurt him. All right. Well, that is the. I mean, we could obviously go on discussing Game of Thrones for hours. However, I realize that people probably don't have hours to listen to this podcast. So I don't
1: know. It's it's a pandemic.
0: <laughs> That's true. If I can watch all seasons of True, all seven seasons of True Blood, <laughs> perhaps. But Julio, where can the people find you? As Dan says,
1: uh, where can the people find me? Uh, so I run the the official Contrarians Twitter account. So. If you get a response from at Contrarian Prime, that's me, uh, Alex. He has his own Twitter, so Twitter at Contrarian Prime, Instagram at Contrarian Prime. Those are the two main ones. Our show is the Contrarians. Just look it up on Instagram, not Instagram, <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> uh, all the all the podcatchers. catchers. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. I'm mostly active on on Twitter, so if you if you reach out, I respond right away because I just love interacting with people that listen to the show
0: that is always fun i always like to to talk shit with people about well, i like to talk shit with people about tv that's why i have this podcast so <laughs> figured it that, out
1: that makes sense
0: well like i was not doing it for a while and then like this is so childish of me but whenever i see that the countdown has like a topic that's tv related mm-hmm. i feel like i want to put all of my opinions out there and everybody should listen to me because I'm really type A about stuff like that. I'm like, no, I know the most. I have to tell you what's right. So whenever they misorder things at TV related, I get upset. But that's okay. Uh,
1: it must've been driving you crazy because I think they've been getting into TV more often now. They have.
0: Than- and I, I feel I feel like I really want to get in there and like share a lot of opinions, but I limit myself. I just share my opinion and don't tell anybody that they're wrong when they're wrong.
1: Well, you did the next best thing. You you got Wayne to be on your show.
0: That was fun. <laughs> that was a blast.
1: I've started uh rewatching 30 Rock because of because of that. Well, because I listened to your episode and I I only watched the first three seasons, so I looked it up online and it turns out they're all on Amazon Prime. So I was like, all right, I can just plow through this. That'll be my my true book. Season
0: 4 is when it really like takes off for me. The first three seasons were kind of middling and then like seasons 4 through 7 started just hitting a high mark and did not stop. I love it.
1: Well, I can't wait.
0: Well, that is it for us, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, downloading, whatever you call it for podcasts. We will see you next month. I think next month is going to be... me and Drew Hallam talking about Fringe, which I don't know if, how many people have seen that show, but it's on IMDb TV um, through Amazon Prime. It does have commercials, but it's a sci-fi show that is definitely worth checking out that I would say if anybody has nothing else to do and wants to listen to next month's episode, watch Fringe. That's it for us. Bye! The wife was as fair as the sun and her kisses Were warmer than spring With the Dornishman's blade It was made of black steel And its kiss was a terrible
1: thing The Dornishman's wife Would sing as she bathed
0: In a voice that was sweet as a All right, that's enough
1: I'm coming to the best part Brothers, Uh oh brothers My days here are done The Dornishman's taken my life. But what does it matter for all men must die? And I've tasted the Dornishman's wife. I
0: have, I've tasted the Dornishman's wife.